Good morning, good morning, good morning. Noodleberg, Daily Huddle, LinkedIn World, YouTube World, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, wherever you're coming in from, do not adjust your television sets. We are not including Steve Noodleberg in the show this morning. Father is traveling, so it's the boys this morning. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. What's going on, Jakester? Oh, not much. Good to have you back. I had the uh, had the privilege of hosting my first show with Dad. I had never done that one on one with him. Oh, you did that last week on was it on Friday or what day? Did it was you do? Uh, I was on Thursday with Sean, and then Friday did a little segment about peas and business, and then had nice. Scott on. So it's uh, good to have you here. It's good to be back. It's been a great week back at work. It's been great to get back to coaching and get back into the business with people and having great conversations. Got to have some catch-up sessions and talk a lot about overseas travel, which yeah. has been really cool. And your post today looked like a good Food Friday post. Yeah. <laughs> Feel Good Friday, Food Friday. Right. The cano- So what, if for those of you who haven't seen the post yet, and Tony, I know you commented on it, but the cannoli, we took a cooking class while we were in Sicily, and we made cannolis that were absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it was just great. It was a great experience. Got to tie some of the cooking metaphors into life and business, and it's a great start to the day. That's awesome. And it was a hot night in South Florida last night. The, oh, yeah, uh, the Florida- Panthers opened up, right? Shout out to the whole crew. Yeah, uh, comeback win. 4-2 in the third period, come back and win at 5-4 in overtime. So the Cardiac Cats are back. I Good love it. Happy Good have, have uh, Mr. Aaron Eckblad back. Yes, correct. And I didn't see it, but Shay, I'm, sur- I'm sure you were up with the baby, but there was a controversial call in baseball. Yeah, the you know the the check swing can go uh, either way sometimes. Gotcha. I didn't no see check it. swing. Did he break the wrist? Did he not break the wrist? Can't we get some you know uh, some instant replay for some baseball? But before we go any further, we've got some great content today. We're going to talk about bosses. We're going to talk about good bosses, bad bosses. We're going to have some Friday funnies, some feel good Fridays. We're going to end the week the right way. We could not do that without some wake up music first. Okay, so I want to I want to give a couple shout outs. First of all, shout out to Scott Garber. Scott, I actually had somebody cold email me yesterday and use your checkpoint podcast as like the commonality. Like, hey, enjoyed your recent interview on the checkpoint podcast. I want to be like it wasn't recent, but you know, nice job trying to make a connection there. And also shout out to Howie Craw, because he said terrible call to end the game. Right. So like there's etiquette, right? In, in all professional in all professionalism, 
there's just etiquette, right? Like there's some call as an umpire or as a referee, if you're at that level and you're in those kinds of games where everything is riding on the line, you would think that as an official, you're like, I'm not going to let a check swing be in the, the game right. or be the deciding factor in a game. <clears throat> well, it happened, it happened in the NFL in the same time last night. If you're watching the game, the Eagles make a comeback. It was 28-20. They go for two. They get the two-point conversion. Go on defense. First play, they make a big stop, a gain of one or whatever, which was a big stop for them. And the linebacker immediately jumps into Leonard Fournette's face. They throw the 15-yard penalty, and Brady runs out the clock, and they never see the ball again. You know, as a ref, I would like to take myself out of that position and allow, you know, the game to decide itself, but they have a job to do and they're going to do it. They think that there's, there should be like this uncommon, you know, this, this unwritten rule, right. Of like, you don't let things like that. And I love, you know, Christian Castellano says it situational awareness, which is so important to being good at whatever it is that you do. Understand the situation, dude. Like, you're going to let a check swing end a playoff game. You're going to let a 15-yard penalty right. end a Thursday night football you game. You sound like, like a Dodger and Bucks fan. I mean, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, to me, it's all about the professional. You know, you sound like the losing side of the, of the argument. I think it depends on which team you're rooting for. So we get to celebrate, what is it, National Bosses Day? What's the actual yeah. holiday? It is National Bosses day national bosses day so it's not national good bosses day it's nope. not national bad bosses day to be fair, the national day calendar did say it's celebrating good bosses <laughs> yeah, so we're just celebrating the bosses today which i think for the majority of people in the group they have good experiences and bad experiences and so while we love working with our dad we you know i don't know if we, technically he's the boss you know he would tell you that he's not the boss and he works with us he's, we don't work for him when it matters, we all know that he's the boss right? <laughs> matters, there, there is an understanding he's the boss so before we go into uh-oh did we lose him am i live on the huddle by myself i know i know wow so they, they left me in charge, but I'll carry it over. We have a great clip from Horrible Bosses. Shay, take us away. And Mark will be back in a minute. Yes. <clears throat> Sit. Not a dog, Bobby. Good boy. I've been looking through the books, and you're the accountant. Tell me, why is this company in the crapper? Well, we're not in the crapper. It's a recession, but we're still profitable. Bullshit. Look, I know you and my dad were, uh, were pals, okay? And frankly, I always thought it was a little bit weird and gay, and I have no idea why he thought you were so fucking special. But that doesn't matter now, because he's in the ground, and guess what? I'm your boss. And there's going to be some changes around here. Can't wait to hear them. Okay, first things first. Envirotech Waste Management. What the fuck is this about? It's costing us a lot of money. Your dad made the choice to dispose of our chemical waste responsibly. In order to do that, you got to spend a little more money. Bolivian said they do it for a third of the price. I'm going to hire them. No, no, you can't go to them. We why? shouldn't do it because they're going to endanger thousands of local residents. Oh, I give a fuck. Some local tribesman gets cancer. Cry me a fucking river. They're not tribesmen. It's a modern society. Do I look like I fucking Okay, care? all right, look, Bobby, your dad told me very clearly that he would rather die than save money and hurt people, okay? Well, guess what? Looks like we're right on schedule, doesn't it? Okay, what else? Oh, yeah, we got to trim some of the fat around here. Trim the... What do you mean by trim the fat? I want you to fire the fat people. What? They're lazy and they're slow and they make me sad to look at. You can start with large Marge. Marge, can you come in here, please? No, Margie's not fat. She's pregnant. I'm not going to fire her. Well, fine. 
stay where you are, Mark. Congratulations. You can fire uh, Professor Xavier. Who are you talking about? You mean Hank? Fucking creeps me out, rolling around all day in a special little secret chair. I know he's up to something. I'm not gonna fire anyone. Okay. <laughs> so it is a classic movie. If you haven't seen it, um, it is great and definitely depicts. Hey. He's back on his phone. I don't, I don't know what's happening. So it's my true. computer is telling me that I have no internet, but my phone is connected to the Wi-Fi. It looks like we're about to get like the live cam. I'm gonna show you around the house. <laughs> Here we go. You know what? I'm going to make this work. Like, here we go. Like, We're back to making it work. My computer crashed 10 minutes before the huddle. Found another computer in the house. Internet going out, but we're making it work. I'm making it work right now. I have you it's on about, my computer. Your, uh, it's about to be an episode of MTV. <laughs> in true fashion, when the boss is away, things go. <laughs> things go astray. There you go. I'm rhyming. So I don't, I don't know what you missed, but we played the clip of uh, Horrible Bosses, of him sitting with his boss's son, who is now the boss, uh, telling him to fire the fat people, which yes. obviously... <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's talk maybe about some of the not-so-great bosses that we've been around in our career, because what? I have moments that I remember of being in a staff room with a head coach or being with an athletic director in like a strategy meeting or in an all hands meeting or something like that in a department meeting where something was said and I'd be like, Oh my God, I can't believe he just said that. Like, I'd be like looking around the room like, God, is anybody is reacting to that? Like, what is happening here? You know, and it, and it's funny, you know, the people are making a lot of comments and, and it's interesting for me, you know, we, Joseph Gonzalez said, we learn from all bosses, take the good and implement and leave the bad behind. But I think it's interesting because we pick up bad habits along the way. And if you're not, if you're not focused on what you're looking for in a good boss or know what a good boss is, I think it's easy to not even that you mean to, but that you pick up bad habits along the way. And then the excuse for it. And, and I look, I see it a lot from the other generation because I'm the, you know, the first generation coming out now and working and that's the excuse they use. Well, that's how I got taught, so that's how I'm going to do it to you. Yeah, and sure. it's always it's always been this mind shift of it's the way it's always been done. But right? you hated it. You hated you hated getting taught that way. So yeah. why, you, <laughs> why, why are you continuing it? But it's also because you just don't know any different, right? right. And so, like when you see things be successful, you, a lot a lot of people will tend to feel like they have to replicate that identically, right? Like I worked with a lot of head coaches who had worked with Nick Saban. They were offensive coordinators for Nick Saban. They had come out of his system. And regardless of who they were as people, they felt like, well, I have to do it exactly how Nick did it if I'm going to be successful, which is not the case, right? There are a lot of best practices. There are things that work. There are fundamentals. There's lots. But if you don't figure out how to be yourself inside of that, it never actually works out for you, especially in a leadership role. And, and, and as a follower, you feel that the lack of genuineness, they're being someone that they're really not. You know, I think sure. it's hard to fake being Nick Saban. You see, you know, we've been around coaches who have tried like McElwain was not Nick Saban. Was not. When, and, when he, and when he tried to be, people were like, Correct. We can't. We don't feel the genuineness, you know, and the authentic authenticity behind it. It was the same with Jimbo. You know, Jimbo tried to be Nick Saban, and he was not Nick Saban, right? Like you're not the same person. You're a very different personality. That doesn't mean 
you can't take a lot of what he did and make it your own to be successful. But I think that's kind of when when I worked for great people, like Brian Polian was a great head coach that I worked for. Obviously working with dad, dad is a great head coach to be around. I think part of that is because they deliver a lot of ownership, right? right? Like I think that great bosses give room for people to make mistakes, right? Give clear direction, set clear expectations, but also give the opportunity to that person to fail. Don't try to coddle them and make sure they're successful because they don't actually learn anything from that. They allow you to fail. And then instead of trying to hammer you after you fail and tell you that you did something wrong, they help coach you through that failure to get you to some progress. And and as a leader, it's important to know what the follower or your employee wants out of their job and their goals. Because if you're consistently giving them projects that you know they don't want to do, they don't want to be in that role, it's going to continue to increase the employee, you know, dissatisfaction and let it fester. And then that relationship kind of deteriorates because the leader's not looking out for what's the best purpose. Obviously, they have to look out for the best purpose of the company, but the best purpose of the, you know, the employee. I, t- I, I think I talk about this at nauseum, but that is to me, that's the indexing one way or the other when it comes to accountability and empathy, right? That to me is the spectrum. Like on this side of the spectrum, you would have accountability. On this side of the spectrum, you would have empathy. And if you are on one side or the other, there is some gap within the organization that's not being addressed because you're not able to work the other side of it. You have to work your way across that middle ground of understanding what that person needs, what that person wants, and then how to align those needs and those wants with the role that you want them to be in for the organization in order to make everybody successful. I can't read. What it, what was Eddie Dykes' comment? I can't read it. Too Most of the great resignation is happening because of bad bosses. People leave because of bad bosses, not necessarily bad companies. 1,000% correct. And also a lack of expectation being delivered. A lot of people will get hired into a role with a certain idea in mind of what the job looks like. And then they get in there and it's something completely different than what they thought it was. That's our responsibility as leaders. That's our failure. How could you ever let somebody step into a role in your organization and leave going, this is something way different than I thought it was. You didn't do your job up front setting the expectation for them of these are what, this is what we expect. This is how we expect it. And this is what you can expect from us. Are we all in agreement here? Great. Then maybe we have the opportunity to do something special together. Yeah, and I, it builds the trust and takes away not real fear, but the fear factor of doing the project. You know, I think when there's a boss who hasn't set clear expectations or you don't know what to expect from them, there's a lot of ambiguity in what you're doing. It's hard to focus on the task because you're thinking about how they're going to react to what you turn in. And, you know, having that understanding of, well, this is the process we're going to go through. This is how they're going to critique it kind of gives you a peace of mind of performing your best and not worrying about what will come after. I, I, I love, I love this conversation. I love what we're talking about right now. Why don't we go to motivational morning music and then come back. And I want to tell a story about a horrible boss. I'm moving it so 
I love it. What scene? What scene? Yeah, thousand percent. Christian Castellano, yeah. thank you. I can't see the comments right now, so I'm like a little delayed. Yeah, it's all I'm actually so it's so funny. We came back and I thought you were frozen again and I just paused. Like... <laughs> no, but so my, my internet is working, so now my I have like LinkedIn up in the background. Like 17 phone. computers going yeah, everything is like popping on and like coming back live. So I don't know what's gonna happen with this. We're making it happen on a Friday. Okay. So let me tell you the very moment that I was done working at Florida State, and I knew that it would be my last season there. We were in spring ball at the time. So this was the spring season going into my last fall there in 2012. And we get out of a practice, and the you know normal routine after practice is you shower real quick, you grab a box of food, Everybody meets in the staff room and you sit down and you eat your lunch or you eat your dinner as you watch practice and you go through it as a full staff. Offense and defense together. Everybody's talking about the positions, talking about because in spring practice, you play against each other all the time. So Mark Stoops and Jimbo get into an argument about the way a DB made a play in practice, right? And they're going back and forth. And Jimbo gets real heated, real heated. And, and Mark is not backing down. Mark is kind of standing his ground. He believes that's the way it should have been handled and it was done properly. Jimbo clearly disagrees. It's fundamental and, and, disagreement. And is starting to really slam his fist on the table as he's talking now. Now, mind you, part of my role in working with Jimbo was to make sure that before every staff meeting, he had a cup of coffee sitting at his desk with two creams and one sugar in the cup. So the coffee's there. He takes a few sips out of it, and very rarely does he drink the whole thing. He's slamming on the desk, and I'm kind of watching the cup of coffee. Like, I'm pretty sure that's going to go down. Like, that's going to be spilled. It's going to ruin everything on the table. Like, <laughs> I'm going to have to go get another. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to go get another one. I'm going to have to clean up the coffee on the table. Like, it's going to be bad. Well, he gets so angry that he is then standing up in his seat as he's yelling at Coach Stoops. Right, gets so angry that he picks up his cup of coffee and turns around to the back corner of the room where my desk is, where I'm sitting at the computer, running everything that's happening in the meeting, where there's a tiny little garbage can right next to my desk and launches this cup of coffee at my desk. Covers not only me and my desk in coffee, but the entire like computer dashboard that runs everything that happens in the in the meter. So I'm like, oh my God, the worst thing that forget about me. Yeah, we're about to use everything. We lose the ability to use this technology in this room. Like it would be chaos. So I immediately sprint, grab a towel, I start wiping it down. And at this point, I start to feel a little irritated. Like, this fucking guy just threw a cup of coffee at me. Like, you know, like I, maybe it's not personal, but like, do you just threw a cup of coffee yeah. at my desk a, a and it's uncovered in it? And there's not even a mention of it, right? He calms down, he gets back, back to film as I'm cleaning up, and nobody says a word about anything. And I'm like, okay, I'll eat it for now, but there's got to be something said about this. Somebody has to take some kind of responsibility. And never was there ever anything said to me from Jimbo Fisher about him launching a cup of coffee 
acting like a child, covering me in coffee, covering the station in coffee, causing me to do all of these things. He never even addressed it. He acted like nothing ever happened and we went about our business. And that was the moment that I knew I was done. That I was like, I'll either find another job next year at another school or I'll get out. I'm done here in this role with this guy. I no longer believe in him. Had he addressed it, had he come up to me and said, not even in front of the whole staff, even if he just did it to me in his office and would have said, hey, dude, I lost my shit in there. My bad. I didn't mean to launch a cup of coffee at you. I really apologize. I would have gone right back to work. I'd have been fought in. I might have worked for him for the next 20 years. But that's where I really knew who he was as character and integrity. And that's what I think a lot of leaders and and people in leadership roles need to understand is that it is all about accountability and responsibility all the time. And it's not, and it's not just about you personally, like other people in that room witness that. Like you the know, whole staff. It's not about how you treat the one person as the leader, you know, cause everybody is watching, everybody is building camaraderie and teamwork and on other areas. And if everybody knows it starts to fester and grow through the organization and then you lose the entire team, even though you only treated one person bad. So I think understanding that ripple effect, you know, is really important that you have to treat everybody with how they want to be treated, you know, and in certain, you know, criteria. By no means do I think that like, I look, that, that event was one of many events in the time of us working there that, that put who he was on display. But I'll say this at the end of that season, we lost seven total coaches off that staff. I mean, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback's coach, the running back's coach, the special team's coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the linebacker's coach, and the D-line coach, and myself, all seven seven coaches off of that staff left the year before we won a national championship because that was the environment that we worked in. Right. It's, and it's like a one-off story that's happening regularly in that profession. Um, Correct. Sort of, yeah. Like me. people are in the world, they know. Right. It doesn't surprise me that a lot of head coaches don't make great leaders, you know, new head coaches, because they're learning from bad things and keep that same habits and continue to so pass So it kind of ties into the conversation that we had earlier this week about John Gruden and Urban right. Meyer and, you know, leadership. But I think on a day where we're talking about, you know, National Bosses Day, celebrate the good leaders, put out a post today about a good story that some, you know, a leader in your world, in your life, helped change the trajectory of what you were doing and how you did it. Shout out to Kyle Kashuk. I know that you were there for me for a few of those years and uh, helped me get through some of those times. So uh, go Knowles, have a great weekend, celebrate the great leaders, go business, and we'll see you on Monday. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. My friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a